beyond and hello everyone my name is jonathan dornbush i'm two shots of espresso in and we have so much playstation news to talk about this morning it's probably not enough espresso to cover it all but with me here to cover all of this late breaking uh playstation news that we have this week are uh as they are colloquially known the carpool crew mitchell saltzman <laughs> carpool crew carpool Lafita. crew <laughs> i'd also like to mention i am five shots of espresso in i'm what am i doing? jesus man Ugh, i, I am I was... two shots of water <laughs> in... i thought you were gonna it was like I'm not, my kombucha is really really vibing with me this morning. jesus <laughs> um, it's 11 a.m mitchell two shots of water mitchell, three shots point. of water oh no this this episode is going to be a tough one, let me tell you. Uh, no, of course, we have plenty of big PlayStation news to talk about today. But in fact, there's so much to talk about this week that you should stay tuned for another mini episode of Beyond tomorrow morning. Look forward to that. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this the day this goes live uh, on Thursday morning, stay tuned for that. Uh, but if, if you enjoy this wonderful crew, you'll have more to hear from us tomorrow. But first, you have a lot of PlayStation news to hear from us. I'm sorry. There's so much we have to talk about. There's there's no BSing for the week. So obviously, the first thing I want to talk about is DuckTales. Yeah, of so, course. Uh, <laughs> so Wait, why, I, why are we talking about DuckTales again? Um, I, we're, I want to get to DuckTales at the end of the show. I just wanted to set that up that uh, Amanda... Uh, Mark tweeted to us yep. about DuckTales, and I just want to—I want to set the foundation for a DuckTales story at the end of this episode. Prepare to have every YouTube comment just be like, "What? Mark Martinez never watched DuckTales. What is going on? You never watched? Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. No, we have PlayStation I story. I could—I could talk about DuckTales with Mark Medina, but yeah, we can wait until the end. Of yeah, the let's let's I guess talk about the PlayStation news that's happening today, uh, and all of this is pretty much coming from a single interview uh, with. Herman Hulse, the head of PlayStation Worldwide Studios that dropped on the PlayStation blog as well as the PlayStation podcast just this morning as we were buttoning up the run of show for today. We're like, we're all set for the episode. Oh, OK. Uh, actually, there's a lot of new Sony news to discuss. So, <laughs> you know, it, um, it's always it's always a thing. I, I, I'm I trying to be optimistic here. I would rather a news drop like this happen 30 minutes before the episode than 30 minutes after. So. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure I'm sure Dornbush would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had my fair share of like PlayStation Wednesday night announcements that just completely are like, well, why'd we even bother recording this week? Yep. So uh, this yep. is wonderful. Herman, I appreciate you uh, doing this interview in you time do. for this episode. Yeah, I, I appreciate you you keeping us in mind there, uh, as well as Sid Schumann, who who conducted the interview. Uh, but anyway, let's let's get into the news, because there's a lot to talk about here that is essentially about the future of PlayStation Studios as we uh, know some of the the uh, currently announced titles and some of the stuff we don't know about. Um, the first thing, though, I think the, the biggest thing to talk about is the news regarding God of War. Uh, so obviously the next God of War, as it is known, may be called God of War Ragnarok, according to a uh, PlayStation investor report, maybe not called God of War Ragnarok, according to Corey Barlog's tweets with, a, you know, an annoyed gif uh, about the title leaking or not. Um, whatever it may be called, the next God of War is not going to hit in 2021, as was originally announced with the teaser trailer last year. Uh, as of right now, it is confirmed for a uh, 2022 release. There's no exact timing next year, uh, but Santa Monica did put out a statement alongside uh, the announcement in the blog post, so I'm just going to read their statement. Uh, the, the statement says, Since the release of the next God of War teaser last year, we've been humbled by the amount of love our community has shown us. We're, we're incredibly grateful to see so many people excited to experience the next chapter of Kratos and Atreus's journey. Kratos and Atreus confirmed for the sequel. We remain focused on delivering a top quality game while maintaining the safety and well-being of our team, creative partners, and families. With this in mind, we've made the decision to shift our release window to 2022. Thank you all for your continued support. We've got some exciting things in the works that we can't wait to show you. Santa Monica Studio. Uh, so this also comes alongside the the confirmation that it is also going to be released on PS4 and PS5. And I do want to get to that portion of the conversation in a second. But uh, in terms of this release shift to next year, uh, Mitchell, I'll start with you because uh, you had mentioned a bet uh, on social media. Did this announcement surprise you or uh, did it, you know, was it unexpected for you? How, how did you take this? <laughs> no, it was always a dumb bet. Uh, I think I think anyone that watched this teaser, well, it was it was last year, right? It was this, September uh, this 2021. Yeah. 
I think anyone who watched this uh, thought, "Wow, that seems ambitious." You know, we're we're in the middle of a of a pandemic. This is it's only been at that point two years since the release of God of War twenty eighteen, and these are big games. Um, you know, we're, we've kind of gotten used to really long development cycles between entries and big series. So I think, you know, it's, it's not a super surprising delay. It is disappointing. Cause like, you know, I, I thought that if they were going to make that, that, uh, that kind of gutsy proclamation that this game is coming out in 2021 during a pandemic that they had, they knew something that everyone else didn't like, it was, you know, it was very close to maybe not close, but it, I, I think they really thought they could do it. Um, and, you know, the, the delay, while it's, a, it's disappointing, it's not, you know, super surprising to me. I was just, I was just holding out on hope. <laughs> yeah, I, I was very much there with you in terms of like, I, every time we talked about God of War being a 2021 game on the show, it was always with a like unspoken asterisk of like, we're expecting it to get pushed to next yeah. <laughs> to 2022. And it's kind of been the like unspoken and spoken bit of this release cycle. I was with you. I, I was surprised when they said 2021 and that made me think, Oh, maybe they're, they're further along than we think. But yeah, I, I think especially, you know, given the pandemic, given their emphasis in the statement on wanting to make sure the developers are living reasonable lives while making this game. I, I it's no surprise at all to me. Mark, what about you? Uh, first off i want to say like before we started recording this uh we our producer red was talking about b-roll this is the only b-roll for ragnarok and i was like just it's, loop it's hypnotizing just loop that trailer over and over here and we, we go laughed, it's great. we joked we laughed here it is and yet he's doing it and i just I love, I love him for it that's it's why red great. is the best in the business yeah uh i can't imagine a scenario where sony would ever tease a release date or any game company would ever tease a release date just for hype knowing damn well that it's not going to come out that ass blastingly fast but <laughs> i have to i have to I not have the to, not the adjective I, I thought you were gonna use so i have to like i have to wonder if they're like hey we get to put out uh this trailer for this game that people are going to want uh, uh, as an end cap to this already amazing conference this one more thing uh and so it's like, you're like, what is this? And then you hear the music and then you're like, is this God of War? And then the logo starts and you're like, it is God of War. This is amazing. And then the 2021 pops up and you're like, why? Oh God. And so it's like, I can't imagine a world where they're like, yeah, we're going to, uh, we're going to totally fake it out just to get the, uh, just to get the hype. We know that it's not going to make it. Uh, basically. Yeah. In short, there was no way in hell this game was coming out in 2021. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not yeah. surprised. <laughs> one like, bit i i, I want to make it clear especially like with uh the the statement and everything and some of the stuff herman said as well i very much think like there was some internal projection that could mm -hmm. convey most likely that this game had a chance to come out in 2021 and i think that's why you see something like that like there is no way in hell having spoken to like several members of this dev team you know in the lead up to god of war 2018 and, and gotten to know that team there is no way in the world i think for like fans who might be jumping to strange reactions like there's no way they would want to trick you all about when this game was going to come out it's just the reality of time we're living in the production of a game like this scale the you know the balance the work-life balance that's necessary i i am so happy they made this call and didn't try to rush this. are we going to move into the horizon talk because i, I yes. think there's a, a a bit more context there where you know the playstation blog horizon forbidden west they they say that you know they can't confirm yet but they they are pretty sure that they are on track for holiday right <laughs> yeah so, so go ahead. they oh no go ahead if you want if you want to you know be able to I was just contextualize what they're saying. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to read the, the full quote from Herman. Basically, um, yeah, as Mark, you had said, they, they're projecting Horizon for they th his exact quote is we think will will hit the holiday season, um, which, of course, is not an exact confirmed date. And so we may very well see Horizon slip as well, depending on the, the team's needs. And I think that that makes sense, given the fact that we just saw gameplay. It didn't have a release date. That was obviously something mm -hmm. a lot of people were asking about, which even then, I think, re-solidifies the idea that like, well, of course, if we haven't even seen God of War 
beyond that that logo of course mm-hmm. it probably was going to get pushed um, well and then, but, so they talk a lot in that blog post about uh yeah. you know there, there's so much we could do transitioning working from home right we can you know set up little mini dev studios in people's homes uh but the hardest thing is performance capture yeah. and if people remember god of war for all intents and purposes like that is a movie like every scene in that in that game is is performance capture uh and so it's like they it had to have hit that studio the hardest knowing that they couldn't easily do performance capture during during 2020 yeah specifically herman said uh but when you're doing performance capture for a lot of cinematics with multiple actors that's not so simple to solve you so you've got a choice you could do it later in the schedule which could cause you problems or you could risk the final quality by doing it in a different way. But I can tell you we're not going to risk the quality. We want to ship extremely high-quality games, finished games, and we have to do that, obviously, without pushing our teams to the breaking point. And, mm-hmm. like, obviously, this is all coming from, you know, the highest person in the Worldwide Studios chain. Um, there's a little bit of, you know, corporation to keep in mind, and the, the realities of, you know, working under such a big corporate entity brand. But it is, I think, for me at least, really heartening to see him specifically specifically saying we're not going to push our teams to the breaking point especially given the crunch discussions around both a lot of games in the industry but very specifically around naughty dog as well that have happened mm-hmm. in the last couple of years i think like him at least saying that whether or not it's lip service is good that we're seeing that in interviews like this and i hope continues to push that conversation forward but yeah mark to your point like these are games that require a lot of cinematics a lot of acting and a lot of that stuff to be central to the game that is being developed and so if they don't have that they might risk you know making a game that doesn't live up to the quality of the originals yeah um, i know um call of duty cold war set up a lot i was gonna of, bring uh, that up <laughs> okay yeah they set up a lot of like at home performance yeah. capture where people were like in their closets doing voice work and doing like you know, when it comes to cinematics for Call of Duty, it's like a mission starts with a cinematic and it kind of ends with a cinematic where God of War, especially if Ragnarok or God of War 2 takes the approach that the first one did, where it's just a seamless, no cuts game. Uh, you know, that's these performances. Those are things that need to be done in a volume uh, with people with multiple camera angles. Uh, and so I, I definitely can see them be like, yo, are we going to put, you know, them at home and they're like no we can't we can't do that like this game needs to be done right and and i i think i speak for everybody when i say like take all the time you need i want them to have it i want it to be done right you know yeah to that point though like i was gonna bring up the the call of duty uh cold war thing because there is a really cool video of one of the actors turning like their living room into a motion capture set with stuff (laughs) that that they got sent and like Check it out because it's it's really fasc- fascinating how they ended up do, uh, doing it, but yeah, it, it just it wouldn't work for something I think like like uh, God of War or Horizon. So yeah, it, the the motion capture stuff makes sense. You kind of need to have that that studio for it if you're if you're not just doing like small pickups for certain mm-hmm. scenes. I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even on a much smaller scale, us, you know, summer gaming last year, like a bunch of, you know, the hosts and stuff like that, we all got sent cameras and lighting and stuff like that. And it's like we we tried our best to make our home setups and VO setups and stuff like that look as good as we could. But at the end of the day, like, you know, this camera that I was sent isn't as good as a studio camera and the lighting that I just point at a wall to blast back on my face. It's not as good as a studio. And so it's like, I think they can get by here and there with these little like hacks. But uh, I, I I do think there are certain things that they, they need to be on site for. Uh, yeah. But I'm excited to see the game when it when they're ready to show it. <laughs> yeah, especially given, I think, the um, at least from what we've seen from past shoots, like Sony's um, reliance and really like focus on making sure that facial capture is as precise and and key to the animations as possible and just general mm-hmm. like finesse of movement. As you were saying, like lighting, the like the scale of the room, the sound, like so many things can go into affecting that stuff that obviously they probably want to use the very expensive studio setups that they've you know, spent so much time perfecting and, and making key to these games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did also want to mention, mention, of course, a little bit about the, uh, the fact that they confirmed both God of War and Gran Turismo 7, as well as Horizon Forbidden West, which was previously announced, will all be 
uh, on PS4 and PS5 as well. Uh, this, of course, is a perfect time to bring up Sony's We Believe in Generations quote, uh, mm-hmm. which I've seen going a lot today. And I think it is totally, totally fair to, to rib them for having said that and then completely go against it. But also at the same time, I can't fault them for wanting to make sure 100 plus million people can buy their game. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I mean, he he says it in there that it's really, really hard to 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 look at that PS4 install base and just be like, oh, you know, you know, it's funny. The most interesting of those three is uh, Gran Turismo, uh, which I'm looking at a screenshot that says PlayStation 5 exclusive uh, coming 2021. So it's kind of funny that they they're actually walking a little bit of that back. And I, I wonder if it has something to do with the PS5 shortage, the fact that they are not able to get as many out as they thought. And so games that were previously PlayStation 5 exclusive, they had to go back to those studios and be like, you know what? Actually, this actually does have to come out of PS4 because we can't get enough PS5s out there. Yeah, I think I think that's a big part of it. I think, you know, anyone who who really wants a PS5 right now and can't get it is going to be super mad at the fact that they can't play the new God of War. It's not like or anything within their control they want to get a ps5 they just mm-hmm. the the supply isn't there um but also you know on the other end of that you know people really wanted to see what a god of war developed exclusively for this new generation of console would look like and what sony santa monica could uh, could do with that and while i don't think you know i don't think it being on ps4 is gonna hold that vision back a ton you know, I think it, it you can't say that it would be something different if it would only be on the PS5. Totally. I, I think my thing here with this, and especially it's something that I've seen, um, you know, like thinking back just the last week, seeing Horizon uh, Forbidden West and when getting to watch the 4K upload afterward, not just the streamed version, like that game is beautiful. And so, like, I am fully expecting the PS5 version of that game to be a pretty beautiful, wonderful experience. And probably god of war to be the same but i i totally agree with you like it's impossible to not assume there is some bit of being held back by the last generation i think my only thing the thought that comes to mind um that i would just want people i guess to keep in mind is like we're getting these games within the first two years of this console coming out like mm-hmm. horizon the first horizon came out four years after the ps4 launched uh god of war was five years after like we'll because we're getting these so early we're probably going to get another horizon and a God of war this generation that will be exclusive, that will get to show everything off. And so like, I don't know, especially after like the PS4's beginning of the life was really quiet. Like we, we got mm-hmm. infamous second son. We had Rezogun, We had knack. Like it was a yeah, the really order 1886, you know? <laughs> which, you know, I still hold, I'd take a sequel if they, they let them make a, a cooler game, but yeah, um, you know, it was a quiet time. And so to get these games, even if they are cross gen, like, I think it bodes well for then, okay, where does the generation go for here when it really kicks in? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But n- I, not, not that I think you're, you're wrong not to be like, but what if, like, I can't wait to see what they do with a PS5 <laughs> God of War. <laughs> yeah. The haptics, I, I, man. I think, I think, <laughs> Imagine the haptics. The, the axe. Yeah. Well, those will, those will all be there. Like, I, th- I, think, I think selfishly, I think I would, obviously, I would love God of War and Horizon to just be a PS5 game because then it's like, then they don't have to make any compromises. It's very weird to think that God of War 2 and, and Horizon Forbidden West are, are going to be able to be played on the PlayStation Slim that's behind me. Uh, strange thoughts. It's going to sound like a... a airline carrier coming in um (laughs) but uh you know a very a very wise man by the name of tom marks wrote an article once that everybody disagreed with, but he ended up being right where he said like the next gen is just not all about graphics right and you know it's about loading times it's about you know haptic feedback and and trigger intensity and all that fun stuff and so it's like the the stuff that i want horizon forbidden west to be able to do it is going to be there. It's going to have that performance mode and like, you know, the 4k visual mode. I, I assume it's going to have the cool feeling triggers and it's going to have, they've already said that the game virtually has no loading. That's the stuff I want from a PS five version. And that stuff's going to be there. So uh, I, 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 I could be a little sad uh, that maybe it could visually look better, but I, I also think about games like world of Warcraft where everybody wants that game to be graphically overhauled, but their goal is to get it on mi- as many world of Warcraft can run on any computer is like their, their goal. And so it's like, yeah, the more people that get to play horizon and God of war, uh, I, I find, I, I find myself 
strained to be upset about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it only means that the franchises, so long as these games deliver, have the chance to be even more successful when they are PS5 exclusives uh, down mm-hmm. the road. Uh, it's definitely worth talking about also the fact uh, Herman did bring up in this interview of how uh, PlayStation Studios overall, which uh, based on how he talks to in my mind in this interview, does intimate things that uh, fall under that umbrella, umbrella include stuff like the uh, the Haven and Firewalk Studios agreements that they've announced. Uh, but he does confirm, uh, following up on uh, Jason Schreier's report from a few weeks back, that Bend Studios working on a new IP uh, and not a Days Gone sequel. Uh, they're building on the deep open world systems that they developed with Days Gone, so I'm really happy for Ben Studio. That feels like a very pointed, we saw the reports, I'm aware of all the discussion that happened on Twitter, here's here's some information. Yeah, that, um, that PlayStation blog actually has, because we'll talk about the PC stuff later, uh, that PlayStation blog actually has quite a bit of uh, love for Ben Studio. And I wonder if that's an intentional thing <laughs> to be like, hey, we, you know, we love Ben. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the, the report from Schreier definitely f- painted the picture as if Ben felt like it was being thrown under the bus a little bit. And right. Obviously, we're, we mm-hmm. haven't been there. We don't know if that feeling might have been accurate. Like, yes, they're still working on a new IP, but they could also have felt thrown under the bus. So it, it's it's unclear, you know, obviously how much happened there to, um, to cause a strain of like a relationship with with devs at Bend and, and the wider Sony studio, but I, I'm glad they're working on a new IP. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of the coolest ideas that were in days gone are just in there 40 hours into the game or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get bogged down by some of the more monotonous elements of, of the open worlds uh, that were there. So I think if they can hone in on what really, really worked, just create a new IP out of it. I'm, I'm totally open and excited to give them a, another shot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on though to mention the pc stuff as well there is a little bit of a discussion about how pc fits into the worldview of playstation studios uh herman said we're still early in our planning for pc and horizon zero dawn has been very successful i think it shows there's an appetite for from gamers outside the playstation ecosystem to experience the amazing portfolio of games that playstation fans have joined for years enjoyed for years but i want to emphasize that playstation will remain the best place to play our playstation studios at launch but we do value PC gamers and we'll continue to look at the right time to launch each game, mentioning uh, Bend having released Days Gone on May 18th. Uh, so that's about two years after the PS4 release. Uh, so to me, like, I think this speaks to, and it's just nice to have it be put into words, especially with all the like, oh no, Sony will be, cr-, like, just so much of the, you know, Twitter discussion immediately of like, why is PlayStation abandoning the fans? It's like, now they're just making more money so that when mm-hmm. the next Bend game or the next Horizon launches, there will be people who are like, oh, I should go buy a PlayStation to go play this immediately because I love it. I don't, I, I don't know how you both feel about that, but that's how that all, all I'm hearing in that statement is Bloodborne PC confirmed. Hell yeah. <laughs> he does mention From Software earlier up in the piece. I'm not saying <laughs> put the pieces together, but there is no Pepe Silvia. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, um, um, I, I just want Bloodborne to be on PC. It's, it's such a shame that um that there's this large amount of people that have not been able to experience one of the best from software games out there um so yeah so anything that that kind of hints to the fact that we could potentially see bloodborne on pc is is exciting to me not that again i was joking they didn't actually say that but uh yeah it's it's all my mind wants to hear really at this point yeah uh I exactly what I was talking about with PS4. Like, I love this notion that, uh, you know, the, what's the point of keeping something like Horizon and Death Stranding and uh, and Days Gone exclusive forever? Like, you know, those games, you can go to GameStop and buy Horizon Zero Dawn for 11 bucks used. And that's the ultimate edition. Like, <laughs> the, the, Sony's no longer making a lot of money off of that game when it comes to it being exclusive there. But then, you know, they talk about in the PlayStation blog how well that game ended up doing on PC. Yeah. Uh, and it's so funny. They all seem to get the same treatment. They get the widescreen support. They they seem to all get those the the same like. There, there's PC games, and then there's like Sony PC games. <laughs> um, and so, and, and now there's there's talk of Uncharted Four coming to uh, PC, which I I would hope that they would just bring over the entire series. Yeah. Um, 
but uh yeah it's it's uh i don't see anything wrong with uh branching out and and exactly what you said dornbush where it's like horizon came out in 2017 it did its time on the playstation now we have forbidden west coming out so now we're going to release it on pc we're going to gather up all those fans that are then going to be like you know there are people that had never played horizon that are probably huge horizon fans now that are now going to seek out getting the playstation 4 or 5 version of forbidden west because they they want to be able to experience that game and they didn't realize what they were missing out on kind of deal <laughs> yeah i mean so. to to just even go further to your point of like you can go to gamestop and pick up horizon super cheap they literally gave horizon away for free mm-hmm. to every playstation 4 owner whether or not you had ps plus like it was just here is this game obviously like that game is not getting, you know, a ton of sales on PlayStation right now. So yeah, right. the the PC sale approach, I think, you know, a, a few years after launch, two, three, four years, whatever it may be for some of these games is smart because especially the whole point for them is to then get people to want to come back, as you were saying, to the PS5 or, you know, whatever generation it is and buy the PS, you know, the, the sequel on the PlayStation. That's just, yep. it makes sense as a business and I'm, I'm not surprised, but I do think it's smart of him to sort of double down and be like, at launch, you're going to get it on a PlayStation system. That is how this is going to work. So I I think all of that makes sense. Um, Nothing else huge from me stood out from the interview. The only thing I think we're mentioning is that there's a little discussion of uh, Japan still being a big emphasis for Sony. I think this is, you know, in response to the reshuffling of uh, Japan studio to essentially just be Team Asobi uh, and hints that, you know, Astrobot is not gone forever. which certainly mm-hmm. makes sense after Astro's Playroom, but um, it seems like for now, at least within Japan, Sony's focus is going to be on partnerships and Astro uh, and, and GT7. But yeah, that was, uh, did anything else stand out to both of you before we move on? I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Too massive. No, not really. Yeah. I, I, I love the the talk about how when, you know, he mentions, uh, he mentions From and he mentions uh, Kojima and Haven, like to, the, this notion that like whether it's a first person first party studio like naughty dog or uh band or anything like that or if if it's something like kojima which is you know an external partner that they're all kind of treated the same and you kind of see that when the when the games get released you know death stranding feels like a playstation game even though it's technically not you know so it's like uh that that game could eventually depending on deals could eventually come to xbox like it it has that notion i guess so uh i kind of i kind of liked seeing that like man they they have a lot of studios and i i i like what he said about the partners i like that he they give them the support that they need it it really shows yeah it um it's definitely something that i think is a smart response especially as we see all of the discussion around playstation or uh, xbox excuse me you know buying up studios buying up bethesda and just adding to its its stable of studios i think you know, it, it won't preclude Sony from buying another studio in the future, but it feels very much like they're like, yeah, we we like the way these partnerships go. We we treat Returnal or Death Stranding like we do a Ratchet and Clank or a God of War. Like they they stand side by side for us. And I think we, as you were saying, Mark, like we saw that with Death Stranding, it was as a big a marquee title to them as mm-hmm. you know Spider Man and The Last of Us and Ghost at, at different E threes. And so I think we'll see Haven's game and and Firewalk's game and others kind of be treated the same way. Speaking of speaking of PC, man, if I got to choose, I I would man, I would love Returnal to come to PC. (laughs) Uh, That that game is that game that game is a PC game. I I I feel like I would be at least two or three times better at that game if I was playing on mouse and keyboard. So, man, I I really hope that happens. (laughs) Maybe maybe one day. I'm I'm really excited to see what House Mark's future looks like uh, after that one. But yeah, hopefully it'll be more games on PlayStation and maybe PC down the line. Uh, Obviously, we'll we'll keep an eye on any of the uh, continuing uh, updates and events uh, of PlayStation First Party Studios games. And Herman, again, if you can just keep in mind to please get those news beats out before 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, that would be very much Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on from there to talk to some other news uh, I I do I have a PSA toward the end of this episode that I'll get to but I did want to start off with um, of course we had mentioned last week the the PlayStation Plus free games for the month uh, including Operation Tango Star Wars Squadrons and uh, Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown which uh, Mark Lucy and I could not speak to Virtual Fighter obviously but Mitchell you can 
I can. I mean, to an extent, uh, a little. Virtua, you've, you've played. Yes, I have yes. played it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Virtual Fighter Five. Um, obviously, it's it's kind of an old game. Uh, this is. I, I think it should be clear that this is not like a a fully funded like from the ground up remake of of Virtual Fighter Five. It is a new graphics engine. And a lot of it is is you know modernized to an extent, but I want to be clear: this is probably the worst online lobby system of any game I've ever played in my entire history of playing really? fighting games. So let's just say, me and Mark, <laughs> Mark's a big fighting game fan. Me and Mark oh, yeah. decide we want to we want to play a, a match together. We want to do a couple rounds. I have to create a room. Uh, set a password for it, and then th that's normal, right? You would just say, you would just assume that Mark can then find the like, just you know, join on me, and then enter the password and be in a game. Sure. In order to join that game, Mark has to go into a selection of 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 other rooms. Uh, he can filter it by by uh what rooms have a password, and then he'll get like maybe fifteen or twenty rooms that he can then keep on refreshing until he sees my name pop up. And that's the only way that me and Mark can can join a game together. It you is know, I, absolute insanity. I, I was gonna, I was going to play, but this is the one thing that that's stopping me now. I, you know, I love I'm, fighting games. Classic fighting them. game fan. Yeah. Yes, I've definitely. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that aside, that's a very though, strange uh, approach. Yeah, that's a it's a weird one. That that aside, though. You know, Virtual Fire Five is such a a great three D fighting game. There's really, you know, there, there's obviously similarities that you can make with it, but the two games play incredibly differently. Um, and the animations still hold up. This is an old game, um, and you can see if you're watching the the video, like the animations look absolutely incredible. That's something I found out. They actually got a WWE superstar in Asuka. Back when she she used to wrestle in Japan, she did a lot of the motion capture for for this game, and you can actually see it. Like if you, if you know that fact and you're familiar with Asuka, you can see kind of some of her mannerisms in some of these oh, wow. uh, character animations. Um, so you know, as a fighting game, once you're in a in, in a match, it's super super fun. And the the netcode, even though it's delay based netcode, it's not rollback. Um, it holds up decently well from from what I've I've played so far. Um, so yeah, you know it's it's not anything that I would ever recommend paying you know fifty dollars for or sixty dollars for or seventy dollars for. But fortunately, as a free pack, you know, a free game on PlayStation Plus, or I think it's only like ten bucks normally if you don't have PlayStation uh, Plus. Uh, yeah, check check it out. That's that's really good to know, especially because uh, it's not just a part of the PlayStation Plus lineup this month, but it's also part of the PlayStation Now lineup this month, which I just think mm -hmm. was worth mentioning, especially as we uh, continue to trace on the show what Sony's response will be, or if they feel like they ever need to really make one to Game Pass. Um, this month's PlayStation Now games include Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown, uh, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Game of the Year Edition, uh, only available till September 6th. Uh, via the service team sonic racing sonic mania sonic forces so a lot of sega uh slay the spire car mechanic simulator Ooh. i didn't honestly if you put anything ahead of the word simulator it's probably a game these days i feel like mark mark does that excite <laughs> you go. as a as a power wash <laughs> simulator aficionado yeah. <laughs> i uh you know i did beat that game i need some dlc because uh i need i need to power wash some stuff I, i've actually been thinking about replaying it man what a great game you were yeah. big into the the pc building simulator too weren't you at, at some yeah point? no i love that oh, game yeah that game's great i th order, this whole world of some ram <laughs> There's this whole world of simulation games that I've never touched, but every once in a while, like I played 20 minutes of like bus driving simulator and was like, mm -hmm. I kind of get it. I kind of understand why there is a yearly farming sim. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> so power wash simulator. That's the hot one right now. It's taking the world by storm. Uh, but then, oh, here we go. Here's the <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, but then also uh, coming out this month is you uh, yard work simulator it's a the lawnmower simulator so that's uh, that's hot on my radar right now 
Uh, I'll be checking that Mark, bad boy out. This Mark, is this a, go ahead. I was Michael. just going to ask, Mark, does this appeal come to like, is it from the, the fact that, you know, you, 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 you're big into your car and you, you like, you like <laughs> making sure that it's nice and clean. <laughs> Somebody asked me on Twitter. They're like, are you just secretly a Midwestern dad? Like, I'm going to go to Walmart and get some shiny white Nikes and just put play these stupid games where you just like do work so many people on twitter are just like go buy a power washer and you can like start a side business i'm like no i I need to i need to look at the you i I need people to know i made this video i need people to know this uh uh that garden right there that takes like almost two hours to clean like It takes a long time to beat every level. I, I I think it took me like sixteen hours to beat this game. The, there's a do you skip. put on do you put on a podcast or anything oh, or do you just hundred percent okay so it's a podcast game. It's a podcast game. <laughs> yeah, because there's no music. There's no nothing. You're just you're just power washing. And so I I I, I just listen to podcasts and there's a, a later level, a skate part level, and holy smokes, that, that's like two oh plus God. hours to clean. It, but it's well, amazing. When uh, Power Wash Simulator comes to PlayStation, you and I can talk about the uh, the Platinum Trophy hunt for it. Uh, how satisfying it will be. We can only hope. Um, before we talk a little bit more about what we've been playing, whether on PlayStation or not, I uh, did just want to also briefly mention uh, to follow up from a few months back, obviously, when uh, Sony announced it was acquiring uh, the Evo uh, series mm-hmm. and, and uh making further inroads into the competitive fighting seat, uh, scene. Excuse me. Uh, they officially announced the Evo Community Series on the PlayStation blog. Uh, I believe it was yesterday uh, they revealed this. Um, so they, they announced three open format PS4 tournaments for a chance to win uh, cash prizes ahead of Evo 2021 uh, between uh, June 10th and August 3rd with Evo 2021 uh, happening on August 6th through 8th and the 13th through the 15th. Uh, and... This, to me at least, and Mitchell obviously is someone who's maybe a little bit more plugged into the scene, correct me if I'm wrong, this feels like sort of one of the first signs I've seen of PlayStation really, like, getting in onto what Evo is, and and since this acquisition, really, like, elevating their place within it and really making a big deal out of it. Like, obviously, they're just announcing details right now, but um, this feels like the first stop in, in that journey. Yeah, and I I kind of talked about this uh, last time when I was on here talking. Hey, this is my video. <laughs> uh, last time I was on here talking about uh, Evo. Um, you know, Sony is very connected to this the scene. They do uh, a challenger series of like uh, Mortal Kombat tournaments uh, pretty regularly. I always get like notifications about it whenever I boot up my my PlayStation because I I play a lot of Mortal Kombat. Um, so this this felt like a really natural kind of first step for for that partnership between Evo and Sony. Um so yeah, so I I think it 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 makes a lot of sense and uh it kind of is that first sign of the the Sony Sony you know ownership of Evo. Yeah. It's um it's definitely exciting to see them uh really lean into this. It's it's one of those things where these partnerships that haven't been studio acquisitions like this or discord like i'm i'm very interested from a like business level of how much they lean into it and make it part of the playstation culture um because right now it it feels like that's a a way that they're pivoting in a way that xbox hasn't been xbox has been focusing you know on on the studio acquisitions and on the the content side for its uh you know uh, subscription services whereas playstation seems to be taking a different approach as part of like the wider sony corporation so I'm curious to see where this goes. Uh, you can find all those details on the PlayStation blog and on IGN as well. Uh, but before we wrapped up for this week, I did want to talk a little bit about what we've been playing uh, in addition to Power Wash Simulator, of course. Uh, Mark, I, I will start with you because I know there was something uh, that you did a little bit of content for. And while it's not on PlayStation just yet, uh, it, it will be in the future, correct? Yeah, so the game's called Lawn Mowing Simulator. Yes. No, <laughs> no, it's something uh me and Mitchell played. It was kind of a we got to exclusively kind of show it off and uh it was kind of a surprise announce. It was part of uh Watch Dogs Legion's 4.5 update, uh which is is relevant to PlayStation fans. I also have another video up on this uh for IGN. Uh the game has like a performance mode now, so it now runs at 60 frames a second if that's what you prefer. Um but this that you're seeing on screen is called Watchdogs Legion of the Dead, which is a 
a uh, one to four player uh, co-op survival mode <laughs> for watchdogs. And you're, you're, you're going through the watchdogs Legion map of London and you're, <laughs> you're hacking your way through and uh, just trying to, you're, you're getting these supply packages and then you're reaching an extraction point. And uh, at, at first I was like, <laughs> Why? Why are zombies coming to Watchdogs? What the heck? <laughs> and and so me, Mitchell, and uh, two other members on our team, Stella and Ronnie, both uh, yeah, we all four jumped in. And my gut reaction, because it is an alpha and it's on PC, my gut reaction was, "Wow, this is uh, this is awful." Uh, and then and then <laughs> and then Mitchell, he goes, "I don't know, guys. I kind of like it." And I was like, well, you know, now that now that you mention, now that you put it that way, I guess I kind of like it as well. The uh, whole the whole like first ten to fifteen minutes of playing this, I just had to deal with with Stella and Mark complaining about how bad this was. I'm like, guys, I'm having fun here. The, the problem is when it comes to, when it comes to games like Watch Dogs. So this is like it's got hacking still. It's got all that is. Yeah, I haven't played Watch Dogs Legion since last year. So you go into this, and the only things I know how to do are walk and shoot. I don't know how to hack anymore. I don't know any of those buttons. And so, I mean, it even happened with you guys. Uh, Mitchell and Ronnie were playing on controller. and They played the first half of this video not having any clue how to sprint because you hold the R2 button to sprint in that game. And so I think that's that's where a lot of the frustration came from. Was I was like, I don't know. I don't remember how to play this game. I should have played Watch Dogs Legion before jumping into this. Uh, but, you know... After three attempts, we ended up having a pretty good time with it. So it's it's yeah, you're just dropped on the map, you get the supplies, and then you extract, and it uh, it can lead to the some pretty epic moments because while you try to stay together, uh, you're very underpowered at first. It's kind of a rogue light. The more you play it, the the more powerful you get. Uh, we ended up getting separated from Mitchell, and it was a completely like natural thing to happen. Like he, you you make noise, and the zombies get the zombie hordes like get attracted to it. And uh, it ended up creating this wall where Mitchell just couldn't get to us. So then he kind of just was like finding his own way. And we, we were able to extract. And so me, Stella and Ronnie, we get to the end and Mitchell's just on the other side of the map, like trying to fight his way through. We can't see what he's doing. And so we just hear him on the headset. And he's just like, oh, God, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> how, did, how did I get out of that? How did... <laughs> and, and and eventually you just see this like a little dot. And you just see Mitchell. And he's just he's coming. And, and as he's running, you just all three of us just kind of perch up. And we're just like shooting all the zombies that are chasing Mitchell. And, and we end oh up extracting. God. And I was like, you know what? That was actually kind of fun. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's only on PC right now, but uh, it will eventually come to consoles, according to Ubisoft. And uh, it, it's something to something to look out for. Awesome. Mitchell, I don't uh, know if you have anything to add. No, no. <laughs> Just like to, to go on what you were saying, it really was one of those like kind of movie moments where it's like, go on without me. Don't just leave me behind. Don't worry about me. And then they do. And then like. They're about to evacuate. I'm like, wait, wait, don't go. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, because what makes it what makes it even harder is unlike uh, something like Back for Blood or, or or Left for Dead is if anybody dies in this mode, you, it's over. Everybody dies. Uh -huh. Like the game just ends. So like we couldn't leave Mitchell. Mitchell needed to make it to the end. <laughs> and so it was it's, part of me wishes we would have. We were all on Discord on our phones so that way our capture didn't come through. But man, I'm like, I wish there was a director's cut where we could edit together a quick like two minute version of this video with our just like because that ending was like yeah. Mitchell. <laughs> Very we just have to. We would just have to cut out the the first fifteen minutes of complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. Going back into a game that you haven't played for a while, and it's you're you're adjusting to everything. But I'm, I'm glad it turned out to be fun in the end, and, and led to some such an organic moment like that. that that's a really yeah, definitely. I think bodes well as a a uh, a mode for the for the game, as strange as it may seem. Uh, Mitchell, other than potentially being left behind in Legion of the Dead, what what else have you been playing? So one thing that I wanted to to bring up real quick, uh, you know, I was looking at the the run of show, and there's a thing that we skipped over. It says, Jonathan, please don't forget about indie indies this month. I was going and, to save it for the end, but I can I can oh, do it now okay. if you want well, me to okay, do my... That's fine. No, no, no. I, I was just going to bring <laughs> no, it up I because it. one of the things that I'm going to be playing is going to be Grifflands, and I just wanted Can't to make wait. sure that we we got to talk about that because yeah, Griff, Grifflands is a game that was gonna that was on uh, early access. Um, 
on the Epic Game Store Game Store for for quite a while now. I feel like it almost launched with it. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe not. But um, anyway, if you're a fan of Slay the Spire, um, it is very much along the same kind of the same kind of road. It's it's a uh, it's a deck building roguelike, but instead of it just being a straight up deck building roguelike, it also puts this RPG. Uh, you know, narrative element in it where you're you're also making really tough decisions as you interact with people, and those decisions kind of give you new cards that you use to to fight. So it's I I don't want to go too much into it because honestly, it's been a really long time since I've played it. And I wouldn't yeah. do it justice, but I just want to say if you're a fan of Slay the Spire, please check it out. It's it's really really cool. Um, in addition to that, uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm playing right now is embargoed, so I can't really talk about it. Um, but I did a replay. I'm doing the replay of Horizon. Literally, as I was watching that uh, Horizon nice. Two presentation, I tweeted out, "Okay, that's it. I'm I'm replaying Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn." And I literally, as I was like, you know, doing clipouts, I got my PlayStation controller. I started downloading it. Um, I so want yeah, to so so bad, but I'm so terrified that they're gonna the second I like get done with it, they're gonna be like PlayStation Five version, and I'm gonna be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I still I still need to play the Frozen Wilds DLC, so I've kind of been mm. waiting and hoping that'll come. Honestly, at this point, I'll wait to see if it comes out, if Forbidden West comes out this year or next year. Right. It's the I struggle think. I'm having with Final Fantasy as well. I would love yeah. to replay Final Fantasy Remake before the Yuffie DLC. It's but next now week. <laughs> you well the, the problem is, is is with the Yuffie DLC is the PlayStation 5 version wow. of Final Fantasy 7 Remake. So I'm like, the Yuffie yeah. DLC is just going to have to wait because I really want to play through Final Fantasy 7 Remake, but I refuse to do it now when I'm this close to the PS5 <laughs> version. So the Yuffie DLC will just, it'll have to happen after I pl- replay the main game. Totally. Not, not with me. I'm jumping right into that Yuffie DLC. <laughs> <laughs> um, any, anything else you want to mention before I, I do my, my, my indie game spiel? Yeah, um, I'm also playing Mass Effect Legendary uh, Collection, which I know that, uh, Dornbush, you're going through your first playthrough of Mass Effect. Is that true? I am. Yeah, I'm playing the the trilogy for the first time. I'm, I'm doing a, a, an off IGN podcast with a couple friends, uh, a few uh, other people in the industry who are wonderful pals, uh, who all three of us, despite loving, you know, video game storytelling, have never played the Mass Effect franchise, which oh, feels man. like a feels like a big gap. So, yeah, this was a a perfectly timed chance to be able to, like, meet up with people who haven't talked about it before and, and dive into it. I, I yeah. am also playing it for the first time. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, about, I'm about halfway through Mass Effect 1. Cool. Yeah, I just How got to it? Mass Effect 2 and uh, man, that game holds up. It's, <laughs> it's honestly, I, I think going through it again, it's kind of solidifying it that it's one of my favorite games of all time. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people saying that too. Like, if, if, even if you're enjoying the storytelling of one, like, yeah, the gameplay does doesn't age the best, even with some of the additions. But like, wait till you get to two; it do, it does really hold up. So I'm I'm really excited to get there. But I'm glad you're still enjoying it, especially as someone who's revisiting it. Um, sure. uh, Red, can you hit me with a one up? I've got an important important plea to the audience before we wrap up this show. I have a very very important important message for you all. Look, I know Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is coming out. I know Final Fantasy VII Remake is also coming out. It's a lot of big games. We're going to get a lot of stuff announced around E3. There was that leaked Final Fantasy, maybe Souls-like game coming out. That sounds really cool. There's going to be a lot of really, really big AAA games coming out. Please, please don't forget the awesome indie games that are coming out. We're going to try to do our best to talk about them on the show. But like just within this two-week span at the beginning of June, Stonefly, Operation Tango, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, and Griftlands are just some of the games coming to PlayStation in the next two weeks that look incredible offers so many different types of gameplay uh really beautiful visually distinct worlds so many like amazing artistic approaches to different games that like please if you have the resources or the ability to check out some of these games uh it is worth doing so uh you know looking into the type of gameplay you want to obviously notwithstanding there are so many awesome looking games coming out that i don't want to get lost in the shuffle of the craziness of event season uh so we'll try to do our best to talk about those on on this show uh, but I, I just wanted to say, because man, I keep looking at all these games I want to play and I'm like, there are like 50 indies coming out and I, I want to make sure I play them and, and don't miss out on them. Um, 
So hopefully we'll be talking about those on the show in in the weeks to come. But uh, that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode of Podcast Beyond. As I mentioned, uh, there's a second bonus mini episode coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this the day it goes out, which is normally Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific on beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, and your favorite podcast services around the world. Uh, So look forward to that. But uh, in the meantime, you can catch us all on Twitter. I am at JM Dornbush. Mitchell is at Jurassic Rabbit. And Mark is at Mark underscore Medina. Uh, thank you so much to both of you for joining me for this episode. And thank you to Red, our producer, as always, for making the show happen. And thank you to everyone out there listening and watching. We hope you're safe. We hope you're well. And as always, beyond. 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 <laughs> Just really, what about the DuckTales? What about the DuckTales oh, story? Oh, crap, the DuckTales. All right. Oh, my God, the DuckTales story. Never we totally mind. forgot. This is all right, the post credit sequence. What, what's going on with DuckTales? Just tell me, please. I need to know. So, it's, so it's, <laughs> I, I just want to say, I've known Mark Medina a long time at this point. I found that there are two things. There are two things that will make Mark Medina super upset. One, you say Super Mario 64 is overrated and that speed runs of it are boring. Number what? two, <laughs> number two, uh, you go into Mark's car, you turn off whatever he's listening to. You put on the DuckTales theme, you max the volume, and then you start singing along with it. Mark has a very unique face that is reserved only for this specific act. And it, it just, it's the most disdain I've ever seen on oh, anyone's man. face in my whole life. I'd want to play it, but I don't want, I don't want uh, the Bobs from Disney to get mad at us. But, you know, yeah. copyright. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never watched DuckTales. And, and again, I mentioned this at the top of the show. Now, every YouTube comment is just going to be like, what? Mark hasn't watched DuckTales. I've never watched DuckTales. I don't care about the theme song at all. And so uh, Mitchell, my wife, uh, Brandon Hunt, uh, who is dead. Uh, he's not dead. He <laughs> just not, doesn't work at IGN he's anymore. Just... Uh, yeah, they love to play the theme song. And I get it. It's, it's you know, DuckTales, a woohoo, whatever. Life is like get a hurricane, it. Mark. Wow. Uh, cool. Whatever. I just, I just want to say, I unironically used that song as an alarm clock for over a year. And what a wonderful damn way to wake up every morning with them. Just imagining their little duck butts dancing as they go. It was wonderful. Uh, it sounds like absolute torture. Well, I, having, <laughs> if you ever the end up... The thing is, when you, when you set a song to be your... Um, alarm. To be your, your alarm clock. Yeah. Like, that is already a, a very a fast way. Yeah. To never want to be able to like ever listen to those songs again. Uh, my wife's alarm ringtones for years now has been uh, uh, music from the hit game Beyond Two Souls. And uh, yeah, I used to what? love that. I used to love that music. <laughs> I can't imagine any, you know, bit of that score being a wake up music, but sure. I can't was, even remember if that. You go, score. If you go, if you go and you, oh, for one, it's an amazing score. Uh, <laughs> the song specifically is called Dawkins Sweet. It's, okay. it's very soothing and very like, it's just like a nice way to wake up, but not Dornbush over no. there. He's just in a dead sleep. That's how I wake he up. Just, he just throws the blankets off. Life is like God, that is awful. every morning. Uh, it's, well, a very, it's a very Dornbush thing. Actually, now we wake up to Dynamite by BTS, which will probably be replaced by Butter by BTS. You're part of the army? Um, Dornbush? I am a part of the army adjacent because my girlfriend is. And I got I, it. I like some it. of their Ooh, songs. I really want McDonald's for lunch now. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to go get the old, the old Cajun sauce. Well, we'll, we'll uh, go listen to whatever songs of our choosing as we go to get our lunch. But uh, thank you all so much for, for listening and watching. And uh, woohoo as we say. Yeah, woohoo.